Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice, so please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery we're in there answering your questions in the dms as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other it's incredible it's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other it's so good the ha society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery no matter what stage you're at whether you have ha We've got a few recovery periods, we have your back, and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join, and the link is in the show notes for you. Okay, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to the HA podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, the host of this podcast, the founder of the HA Society, and an HA recovery coach who has walked wherever you currently are. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. I would love it if you could rate and review this podcast, five stars only, to help make this podcast easier for other women with HA to find it. 
And last thing, nothing from this show should be taken as medical advice. Please seek the advice of your physician. The HA Society is taking clients. Coach Ashley and I work one-on-one with AJers, as we call you, to help you figure out a plan and of course, implement it and stay accountable. Whether you've worked with a health practitioner already and you just want to stay accountable and strategic with the plan that they've laid out for you, or you want to start from scratch looking at all the aspects of your recovery needs and to create a game plan to reach those needs, then we are definitely your girls. When you sign up to work one-on-one with one of us, we're going to go over your history, your biggest obstacles, ensure that we're taking into account your specific goals and start making a plan to reach them. So those goals could be getting your period back, could be getting pregnant, could be getting back to exercise or sport, or simply working on your mindset around your body image and long-term recovery. We also can teach you the fertility awareness method. So if you want to learn that so that you have the skills you need to go out into the world on your own without fear of getting HA again, we have got your back. So our coaching packages are either weekly or bi-weekly and only a month at a time commitment. So you're not paying tons and tons of money for five, six months. It's month to month, which is awesome. It makes perfect sense for period recovery, right? So to learn about other women's experiences working with us and to apply for a coaching spot, plus ask any questions that you might have before getting started, just go to thehasociety.com forward slash coaching. Hey guys, and welcome back to the HA podcast. Today's episode is something that I know all of you can tell is the direction that I like to move in, which is there's this focus in the space of like, just eat more, do no exercise. And like, that's the recipe for success when there's actually so much more to it, right? We're painting a much bigger picture about the full context of your life and and how HA recovery can actually be so much more than just gaining weight. And yeah, y'all know this is important to me. So we have a special guest, Marie Young, and she is going to, this is what she does. This is what she talks about. She preaches. So I'm excited to have a conversation with her about it and hopefully Um, You guys walk away with a few nuggets that make you feel a bit more empowered about taking on, you know, wellness and HA into your whole life. So welcome to the show, Marie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I'm, I'm really excited. Will you tell us a little bit more about like who you are, what you do and why this is so important to you? Yeah. So I, First of all, I, if you hear my accent, I'm from the south of France originally, um, but I live in Canada now, and I am a mom to two little boys. I am a holistic nutritionist by training, but I call myself a nutrition mindset coach because that's really what I do is I help people walk through the transformation instead of just like giving them a, an eating plan and stopping there, right? Um but the way I got to where I am now, I'm, I'm very multi-passionate and multifaceted, as you'll be able to tell. Um, 
but you know, I grew up on a boat. I became a professional athlete in the sailing industry. Um, then I became a journalist. Then I became a pilot, at which point I realized after like eight years in the aviation industry that I had been doing everything my entire life for people pleasing purposes. Like I basically had no idea who I was or what I liked. And um, it was through healing my relationship with food that everything in my life started falling into place and making sense, um, including recovering from hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is something that I had struggled with. So um, it was definitely a secondary HA, like I, I got my period when I was 13. I, um, I was put on the pill really quickly at that point. Um, I think it was 14 or something when I was put on the pill. And so I kept on having periods that were artificial. And so um, I thought everything was good until I decided to go off the pill when I was about 25. So I'd been on the pill for over a decade at that point because I wanted to conceive a child. And you know, period never came at that point. Um, and I, I had struggled with, so you, you can tell in my story, probably some common threads and some commonalities of most of us who struggle with HA, right? There's the people pleasing, there's the high achiever thing. There's the fact that I was a professional athlete, although never underweight, but definitely on the leaner side also had struggled with I call it eating disorders, but let's be milder about it. Let's say it was disordered eating. Like there was definitely some poor behaviors around food. Um, so all of those things kind of, you know, and being on the pill for a really long time, any of those things could have caused HA. And the thing is, we never really know what causes it, right? So I find myself miserable in my aviation career, going off the pill, no period. And, um, and that's where I really started rebuilding me, rebuilding my body, my mind, my soul, my career, figure, figuring out who I was and what I loved. And, and I, I realized I always had a passion for nutrition. And so um, that's at that point, I I uh, took the training to become a holistic nutritionist and, and, uh, and repaired my own relationship with food at the same time. And so my, my, uh, my career as a nutritionist and then a nutrition mindset coach kind of evolved and keeps taking many twists and turns. But um, I have worked with quite a few women who I mean, we attract who we are, right? And so the high achievers, the people pleasers, the ones who've had, you know, uh, disordered eating patterns and stuff. And I found that a lot of them also suffered from HA. And so that is how I ended up, you know, really applying what I applied with my own recovery to what I do now with, with my clients. So yeah, that's where I, <laughs> that's how I got to where I am. Awesome. I really love a good story about how people didn't just get their period back. They got their whole life back. Mm. And it sounds like you were, you know, a classic overachiever. Yeah. Being a pilot, like <laughs> that's like the epitome to me of, for some reason of, yeah, just like super academic, super driven, really determined. So what was the point that you actually realized? Like what happened that made you 
realized you needed to make a bit of a change? Yeah, so it was a combination of a, a bunch of different things, obviously, but there, there were a couple really defining moments. Um, one of them was defining in my relationship with food really was uh, one morning I was sitting across from my husband having breakfast and we were both having bagels with cream cheese on it except that he was having regular cream cheese and I was having no fat cream cheese I'm not even saying a low fat it was no fat delicious and I bite into that thing and I'm like this is disgusting like this tastes awful what is in this stuff and for the first time in my life, I looked at the ingredients as opposed to looking at the calories. And I couldn't pronounce any of them. And I had this like big light bulb moment being like, wow, I'm really poisoning myself for the sake of saving a few calories here. And so that was kind of one of the defining moments where I was like, well, okay, I really got to look at my, you know, my relationship with food. And as I started doing that, that's really when, you know, I realized that I ate to like I, I was an emotional eater and then of course I would restrict and, and, and start counting calories in some sort of crazy way where, you know, and ending up with like no fat cream cheese kind of thing. And I realized that my issues with food were really just a symptom of a life that I didn't like. I was miserable in my career and, um, I had so much anxiety all the time as a pilot. I fell into it. You know, most people become pilots. It's not an easy profession to get into. Not so much because it's hard to fly an airplane, but because believe it or not, um, it's extremely difficult financially. Like as a, as a new fresh pilot, you've really not paid anything. So if you have no passion for it, what are you doing being a pilot, right? But for me, it was something I fell into because my boyfriend at the time wanted to become a pilot. And I was like, hey, if he can do it, I can too, you know? And then people were proud of me and I wanted to keep pleasing them. So anyway, it was that one moment where I was like, well, okay, like the reason I'm, I'm poisoning my body or, um, you know, overeating and binging and restricting, and this is all this is all going to sort itself out when I can start doing things that make me happy. And that's where, you know, the holistic component of everything I do kind of comes in where I'm like, well, you know, yeah, we can look at food issues, but they're never in isolation. The reason we overeat or, or binge or restrict or try and exercise some form of control over food, there's always a deeper reason for this you know, and when we're extremely happy and loving our life, that's not usually something that we do. And so I was like, okay, that was kind of the beginning of like, what, what can I do to be happy? Like, what do I even enjoy? Like, I didn't even know. <laughs> that's so interesting that you pursued yeah. so many things because I don't know of like the external gratification from it, or just because of felt like you had gotten some messaging in your life that this was just the right thing to do was to mm -hmm. choose, um, you know, achievement over happiness. Yes. So that's really cool. You've gotten to this point now where you're having this realization. You are just, you've obviously discovered nutrition now after reading this label and diving into that world. So what 
did your recovery process look like? Yeah, so if we're talking about the recovery from HA, um, it came after sort of recovering from my dysfunctional relationship with food. I think that I had a good few years under my belt of um, learning to really fall in love with the foods that I ate and through that finding a career that I liked. So the pieces of my life were kind of falling into place. Now, I was having a hard time because, and I think I, you know, there's a lot of women in that boat too. The reason I wanted to recover from HA was because I wanted to conceive a child and I was miserable, right? Just every, it took, it took a while for me to get an actual diagnosis of HA, even though I had done so much reading and research, I kind of knew that's what it was. But I lived at the time in a fairly isolated community in Canada. And so there were no like real specialists or anything. So I was just working with the local gynecologist who kept like kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what would stick, you know, and I was like, and I was kind of steering him in different direction. We should try this. We should try that. And he was like, sure, let's try this. So it was not very productive. So it took a few years of me just being so frustrated with you know, I still can't conceive the child, right? And finally, I was able to be referred to a fertility clinic and, um, you know, diagnosed me with with HA. Um, And I did a few sort of half-baked attempt at conceiving the child with fertility drugs. Now, the first thing I was told when I first went to that first fertility clinic that I went to, which obviously I didn't stick with, because the first thing I was told was, who cares if you don't have a period, you know, what will get you pregnant? Who cares if you never have a period in your life? And I know that a lot of women have heard this as well. And as a, you know, as a trained nutritionist at the time with a very sort of holistic view of everything. And I was like, "Uh, no, actually I, I care and I should care. It matters. Right. But I really did want to conceive a child. And so I, I went down the, the path of the fertility treatments. It's just interesting to note that the month that I conceived my first kid was through fertility treatments, but it was after I quit officially aviation. So it was like, you know, one last big block that was in the way of me living the life that I wanted to live kind of fell away. I was like, I I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I want to be a nutritionist. Obviously, I don't make enough money at that point to really replace my aviation income. But I got to that point where I just couldn't take it anymore. So I quit aviation and bam, got pregnant through fertility treatments. Um, And so that was one more piece of the puzzle that was like, okay, you know, there is something to that. Like, yeah, I don't have my period back, but there's clearly something that works better when my life is in alignment, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I kept on really nourishing myself well. Um, I, you know, I, I started... I was eating mostly, and I still do, mostly plant-based diet, but never being afraid of fat. Not, I wasn't forcing the calories or anything, but I just wanted to be as nourished as I could. And I was also seeing a therapist at the time who told me one of the most impactful things ever 
when I was really frustrated and struggling to conceive my child, she said, I, I, I'm like, everybody keeps telling me that it's going to happen when I stop thinking about it. And she said, yeah, sometimes that's the case. But also in other times, it's things happen when you work damn hard at them. And I was like, okay, I'll take that one because I'm working damn hard at just being the healthiest I can be and nourishing myself really well. And that was what I could control. And so, you know, I conceived my child. I kept on going. And a couple of years after that, we decided it was time to conceive a second child. And that's when, so now I had like sort of a life design piece in place, add the nutrition piece in place. And that's when the big mindset piece came in the picture because I wanted to conceive, we wanted to conceive a second child. And, um, I, I was starting to sort of have this spiritual mindset practice every morning where I would, I would visualize my hypothalamus reconnecting to the rest of my body. Now, this is as unscientific as it gets. Like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what a hypothalamus looks like. I just, it just felt right to me. I knew that HA, you know, was this disconnect between the hypothalamus and the rest of the body. And I just kept picturing it, you know, for five minutes in the morning, sending little signals to the rest of my body. And um, one day I, somebody asked me, are you going to have a second kid? And I said, for us, it's a long and costly process. And in that moment, I caught myself and I was like, wait, I should not be telling this story not to myself, not to my own brain, and not to anybody else. And in that moment, I caught myself. And the next day, I got my period back for the first time in seven years. I conceived my child. And, you know, a couple of years, or probably took about a year and a bit after I conceived it, my period came back. And so, you know, now I have regular cycles and all that. So really long story, but my point in this is it it's you know it sounds like it was that mindset shift and then the very next day it all came back and I was healed but really it was those years of getting those pieces of the whole puzzle to come together the career the nutrition the mindset the spiritual connection all of that yeah okay there's a lot there (laughs) it's like I'll touch on that. I'm going to comment on that. So first of all, I uh, I didn't talk to my hypothalamus, but I talked to my ovaries. There you but go. Yeah. I also, yeah, I felt like that visualization piece, that that communication piece, I, I do believe in it, even mm-hmm. if it's only anecdotally, because what you're doing is positive reinforcement is, you know, making decisions around what you want is manifestation at a minimum you know is what it is which is like when when those things are front and center in your mind it's also allowing you to make the next best decision for your recovery a lot of us are in ha recovery and we come to choice points constantly i'm at a choice point and i could make the decision to exercise today Mm -hmm. uh, or I could make the decision to restrict but Mm -hmm. when we're doing these things like visualization and connecting Mm -hmm. with our body 
it puts us in a better position to make the decision that's going to move us in the direction we want to go. And um, you talk about your fertility and how like even the changes you were making most likely made your ability to be successful at fertility treatment Mm -hmm. better. Yes. A hundred percent. We have so many girls come into the community who are like, I tried fertility treatment and it didn't work and it didn't work. And then we get girls who, you know, they come down the recovery process and, and for whatever reason, you know, waiting for a full natural cycle isn't right for them and their family. Mm-hmm. Maybe their um, husband travels a lot and like yep. the timing is a challenge. They're in their mid thirties. Like they need to get things moving. Okay, cool. Let's do it. But let's get your body to a place where it's more likely to be successful for you. All of these things are so important. And I'm, I think it's really cool that, that you touched on that and could see that like you did the work to make fertility treatment work for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a really good point, right? We can only, you know, we, there's only so much we can control. We can't control the outcome of the fertility treatment. And we also can't, I was having this conversation with a, with a client of mine just a couple of weeks ago. And the point is you can't control exactly when the period is going to come back or when you're going to be healed or whether that, that fertility treatment is going to pan out. But, but what can you control? You know, you can control how well you nourish yourself. You can control how stressed you are or not stressed. Like you, there are things we can control. And so that's where our focus should go. Um, one thing I didn't talk about was the exercise piece. And because that's also a fairly controversial, I guess, aspect of my journey. Um, being a former professional athlete, I, I always loved moving my body. And after I was done with sailing, which was a long time ago, um, I, I didn't find for almost a decade, a, a sport or something that really excited me, that made me happy. But when I went on this whole journey to figure out what I loved and what made me happy, I actually realized that I loved running. Like I, that running was something that I came to for me, by me, like it was never something I did for somebody else or that I learned from somebody else. It was literally, I don't know how I came across it, but I was like, I love running. And so, of course, as I was working with my little gynecologist up in up in northern Canada, who was like kept on trying a bunch of things with me, one of the first thing he sa- things he said was, well, you got to stop running. You got to stop running. You got to put on 15 pounds. And I did. And it made me really miserable. And I stopped for maybe I think it was about nine months. And maybe had I kept on doing it that kept on not doing anything yeah maybe maybe my period would have come back at that point I don't know the point was I was miserable and so I made that conscious decision to start running again I figured if I was going to have to go through fertility treatments through being frustrated with not getting pregnant that I might as well do things that made me happy and so I kept on running and I actually ran a full marathon just a couple of months before getting pregnant with my second kiddo in before getting my period back, you know, and that's something that that might be controversial, but I, that is the one question I tell, you know, you talk about choices. 
This episode is brought to you by Vital Proteins. I have been a collagen freak for ages and I started off making my own bone broth because I could not find a collagen supplement that I actually liked. I started taking collagen early in my HA recovery and no, it's not going to return you period, but it is going to support you along the way. As I was learning about how to optimize my health and my skin and how to return my cycle, all of the things, it became apparent that in the past, I had been exclusively eating like lean meats, avoiding the fattier cuts, avoiding meat on the bone, avoiding eating enough animal protein or animal products in general. And all of those things bring important vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that are really important for fertility. And one of those things was collagen, and it's the most abundant protein in your body. And it has an important role, like it provides structure to your skin and it helps your blood clot. It's one of the major building blocks of your bones and your skin and your muscles and your tendons and your ligaments. It's also found in many other body parts like blood vessels and your corneas and your teeth. So you can kind of think of it like the glue that holds all of these things in our body together. When I started taking collagen and drinking bone broth and all of that good stuff, I started noticing um, a huge improvement in my skin and my hair and my nails. Like That was the first thing I noticed. And that's because collagen stimulates cells that boost the production of new collagen to support healthy hair, nails, and skin, as well as boost the production of new collagen to support healthy bones and joints and muscles and tendons, which we all know is really important right now, especially if we have been missing our cycle for a bit. Making my bone broth got really tiring as much as I love it, especially in the summer. I did not want to be cooking this big pot of soup every week for hours and like dealing with this animal, this like chicken carcass. And it was all of a, a lot of work. So I was really excited when I finally found Vital Proteins. Today, they have a bunch of products and I love them. And I take the collagen peptide powder. So each serve of Vital Proteins, it depends. They have lots of different products, but the one I take, it has a serve of 20 grams of, pro- of collagen, 100% of my daily value of vitamin C, which is an important vitamin antioxidant that can help promote the production of your own of collagen inside of your skin, which is you know really good for your skin. So it comes in a powder form, which I love because it dissolves in either hot or cold liquids, so coffees and smoothies. And I actually mix mine into my yogurt bowl each morning. So I'm having plenty of fats from that, like fats from the yogurt and carbs from all of the fruit and the goodies that I put on it and then protein also from the dairy but adding in the collagen just helps boost it up and get me more of what I've been missing for quite some time so add some vital proteins collagen to your day head to vitalproteins.thasociety.com or head to the link in the show notes and shop their whole range to find a collagen addition that works for you If you subscribe to their mailing list, you'll get 25% off your very first order. And if you stay subscribed, you continue to receive 15% off. So it's definitely worth checking out. And they do ship internationally. Head to vitalproteins.thasociety.com or go to the link in the show notes. That's the one question I tell my clients to ask themselves. It's 
why am I exercising? Like, is it because it's making me super happy and bringing me joy? Or is it because I'm counting calories or trying to burn off last night's dinner, right? In which case, that's probably not a good idea. But if it is essential for your mental health and you are, you know, you're, you're, you feel so great and so happy, please don't stop moving your body. Like that might be one of the most controversial things that I say, but if it makes your life work, why would you stop? Yeah, we talk about, uh, we talk about that approach to recovery on the show a bit. Um, we like, uh, there's definitely a lot of places where talking about exercise and recovery is a no-go and mm-hmm. it's just like strictly banned conversation. Mm-hmm. We do talk about it because clearly some people achieve, if people are actually achieving recovery while exercising, we can't lie and say that they're not. Yeah. You know, it's possible. And what you're saying is just completely true. It depends on where it's coming from for mm-hmm. you. And yes, there are important things to keep in mind that maybe you can touch on that you did to be able to safely have exercise and continue being a part of your life, like running. Um, You know, we always say, if you are eating before and after training, if you are eating above the minimum recommendation for HA, because remember that the minimum caloric recommendation for HA is based on someone not doing exercise. Yeah. If you are, you eat more than that. You rest enough, you sleep enough, you prioritize Mm de-stressing. All of these things are really important. Where did that stuff fall in there in for you? Yeah. So that's an interesting dilemma for me. It was anyway, because I coming from a background of disordered eating and obsessively counting calories, part, a huge part of recovering, not from HA, but from my disordered relationship with food was to make that decision to stop counting calories. And that's also something I see with HA recovery is we focus on this calorie, you know, number of calories that might be a high number or, you know, it doesn't matter what the number is. The point is we're still focusing on a number. And I found that for me, that was extremely detrimental. Like I, you know, I, I had healed my relationship with food by not counting calories anymore. And I knew that in order to heal something else like HA, it probably wasn't going to be the right answer for me to start counting calories again, even, even if it meant, you know, counting calories to get to a certain higher number, like that just was still the same thing, which was an obsession with calories. And that still wasn't going to work for me. So, you know, I took, I took a very fluid approach to it, really tuning inwards to my body, you know, with my body and being like, Hey, like I didn't run now, I'm not an elite marathoner, right? I don't have a, a, a super low level of body fat or anything like that. I, I did run a full marathon by just running long, slow distances and fueling fueling a lot, making sure that every, you know, and, and I, I'm going to say calorie, even though I didn't really count calories. Like, yeah, I... I <laughs> I can't unknow the calorie knowledge that I have, obviously. So I know if I'm going on a six mile run that I'm going to burn about 600 calories, right? And so, yeah, for sure, I made sure to eat 
you know, a big breakfast before and a big recovery snack after and just kind of let it be super fluid and not being like, oh my goodness, like if I ate, you know, if I exercise like and, and burnt 600 calories, I have to make sure to, you know, eat like 700. It wasn't like that, but it was like, okay, I went for six miles. Like I'd better have a big recovery snack after kind of thing. And just tried not to be obsessive about the numbers, but definitely have that balance of exercise versus eating. Um, and, and yeah, I ditched my, ditched my scale, um, my bathroom scale early on in my recovery from the, my relationship with food. And that was another thing, right? We tend to obsess over numbers, um, you know, us in the HA community and, and uh, just high performers in general, we hyper fixate on calories or the bathroom scale or the number of miles that we ran or the numbers in our bank account. Like I found that I actually transferred their obsession with numbers onto money, <laughs> a different conversation, but it's true. We, we tend to be pretty obsessive around that, right? So yeah, with exercise, it's that it's really, I, I chose to take that stance of being much more sort of almost spiritual and woo-woo and unscientific as I could about the whole thing to be like, hey, is this bringing me joy? Is this making me super happy? Is this something that I look forward to? And I can tell you, like, if tomorrow I stop looking forward to running, I won't do it anymore. It was, it was about that. It was about joy, making sure that I felt nourished, not just in a food kind of way, but also in a soul and mind kind of way. That's awesome. There's definitely a lot of people out there really trying to like recover based on the science and mm -hmm. allowing like their anxious self to control the process. Mm -hmm. So when you work with a women, with women, for example, like how do you help them reach this point? Because a lot of girls are listening, being like, that sounds lovely. I want to get there. Yeah. Give me some tips or tell me how someone like you or I don't know might approach helping me get to that place yeah so I always use a similar framework with everyone that I work with and of course ends up being highly individual through you know within that framework but it's I call it the fly system it's food food lifestyle and you so we do start with food just to make sure that we sort of iron any kinks out of nutrition right we start by um, figuring out what it's, you know, what they're current, currently eating, what's the current picture of where they're at and what they're eating. I like to focus on real food. You know, even though I'm mostly plant-based myself, I don't advocate this for anyone, like if for everyone, it's just what we all have those foods that we love that love us back. I like to call them like we have foods that we know we enjoy eating. They also happen to be really good for our health and make us feel great. So those are the ones that we want to focus on in priority. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't tend to give people a, an eating plan. I like it to come from them. So we put it together, together, like, We'll, we'll sit down or sit down via Zoom and say, hey, you know, what are those foods that you love that love you back? And how can we plug them into a, a blueprint or a template that will support great nutrition? And I don't 
put a specific number of calories, even though I, again, like I have the knowledge of the calories, but I don't want my client focusing on the calories. So we just make sure that they have go-tos as in like a couple of different options for breakfast, a few different options for lunch, a few different options for, for dinner that they can just sort of pick and choose from that I know will give them enough calories, but, but it's a, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not an exact science, right? So it's, that's the nutrition piece. And then that's the food part. And then the lifestyle part is really your habits, your routines, your rituals, because that's what designs our life. Um, so, you know, I, are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Like what, what feels good to you and how can we design your day with a lot of intention, right? Do you like to move your body? That's where the exercise piece comes in. Okay. Well, what do you love? What do you enjoy? Can we make it fit with your plan? You know, most of my clients just end up going for long walks because that, it's pleasurable to them. And so great, let's do that. You know, let's make sure that in your day, there's that, that space for you to go for, for a nice long walk. Um, you know, do you want a morning routine? Can you, you know, do you want to spend five minutes visualizing whatever you need to visualize, whether you need to be talking to your hypothalamus or your ovaries or whatever's going to work for you to have this practice of tuning in and reconnecting to your body? Let's plug that into your daily design. And then the last piece of the system is you. So when I talk about you, I talk about mindset and I talk about also being a part of something greater, like a sense of purpose. Because when we're recovering from HA, we're very, and I don't, I, I don't want to use the word self-centered because that, you know, that might feel offensive, but it's true. Whether, you know, even if we're like, say, recovering from cancer or anything, like we have to be, right? Like we're, we're focused on, on time us. when we need to bring our attention to ourselves. Yeah. We're focused on us and our body, but I like with that part of, of my system to kind of expand our horizons and be like, okay, well, you know, do you have a sense of purpose in your life though? Do you have, you know, something that excites you that you that you that can get you out of yourself out mm -hmm. of your head out of your body like you know how can you can you give back in a way that that is exciting to you because sometimes it's not that we're going to stop thinking about it but but getting out of ourselves and sort of starting to to give back and to do things that excite us that that you know serve others at the same time can also as a side benefit, help our own life and our own body work better, right? When we get out of our head, we stop obsessing over the things, right? We just were like, okay, this is our sense of purpose. So I do, I, that's why I really can't call myself just a nutritionist anymore because we start with food, yes, but we always go so far beyond and we end up having conversations around you know, what are you doing in your career? Like, is it something that you like? Is it time to change it? What are you doing in your relationship? Do you have friends? Do you, you know, those, those conversations that are super important and we tend to forget about them altogether when we're just focused on how many calories did I eat today? You're muted. Hold on. Oh, there you go. There you are. <laughs> you're actually, we're actually really aligned with that. 
I completely agree that, you know, when I call myself an HA recovery coach, it's basically, all right, like, let's look at the lifestyle factors. Let's put a plan in place. And also, um, now what are we going to do with that extra three hours a day that you're not spending yeah. it again? Like, what do you want to be doing? And that's really where a lot of the success comes from because it takes our attention away from recovery. A lot of us, a lot of us bring recovery in, but we don't like, uh, you know, look at what else we need to be bringing in. And, and so the focus becomes about recovery. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not bringing us more joy and happiness and purpose. Like oh. you're saying, yeah. I mean, having, having purpose, they say that the opposite of depression isn't happiness, it's purpose. I've and heard that's, that before and I love it. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really cool saying. And um, it's just so true. And that needs to be a huge part of it. Like what is being so focused on, you know, whatever it is that got you into HA in the first place, taking away yeah. from your life? Yeah, yeah, I love it. That's a great question. And, and yeah, you know, I, I hate to think about HA recovery as in like, we're just sitting and waiting for a period to come back. But if that's what's going to happen, if time is going to pass anyway, right? Because yeah, time is a factor. Like, you know, we do need to be patient as much as we hate to hear that. So while the time passes, we might as well do things that bring us joy and build things that will help us leave a legacy that matters, right? Instead of just sitting waiting. Like, we're still, we're still being active in our recovery. We're still doing the things that we can control in terms of nutrition and mindset and stuff. But at the same time, like let's, let's use our time to make, to make a difference to even just like our family, right? Let's use our time to be a more pleasant person to be, <laughs> to be around um, instead of just just waiting and just obsessing on when is it going to come back a hundred percent and and just like from from my story you know mine's a little bit different in the sense that um I allowed my fascination with recovery to then like create a whole podcast and a business around recovery Mm -hmm. I don't expect that of everyone but it it makes a lot of sense for me based on my skill set my passions and my interest but it it you know, it's helped change so many people's lives. Mm -hmm. Like I have a little list on my wall of every girl that's gotten pregnant because of the work I'm doing. And it's like, wow, that's really impactful to me. And I hope that with time, it makes the purpose so much bigger. And for me, the purpose isn't really like how many girls can I get pregnant or how many periods can I get back? But I am so excited at the idea that a girl will message me one day and say, because you helped me like get through this, I you know, insert incredible thing that impacted way more people's lives here. Like It's what the ripple it, effect. Yeah. It's what what if some girl, you know, is able to refocus her attention and like win a Nobel Peace Prize one day? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it is about the ripple effect. So it, having a sense of purpose or making an impact is not just speaking on stages in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people. 
it's about helping, you know, maybe just a handful of people and not necessarily, like you said, like not necessarily with the one thing that you struggled with, right. Or that you're still struggling with. So it doesn't have to be, you, you don't always have to turn that pain, that pain that you're going through into a purpose. It doesn't always have to be like, oh, I struggle with HA. So my purpose is to help others with HA, or I struggle in my relationship with food. So I'm going to become a nutritionist, but but those are pieces of your life to look at, like where, you know, where can you help? Where can you help? Maybe it's something you've learned, not necessarily through struggle, but it's something that, you know, that you've done that you're proud of and you want to share it like that can create a ripple effect. So anyway, it's, it's funny because those conversations, I, you know, I'm loving this conversation and it's always, kind of the same thing where we start with one thing like okay let's recover from HA or let's you know I have a lot of clients who still just come to me for like um, the reasons that have nothing to do with HA like they want to lose weight kind of thing that's a very common reason people come to me as a, a nutrition coach but we always start with that one thing and we end up we always end up so far beyond it you know, we start with the food, we start with, um, you know, with like what you need to do for HA recovery, how much exercise you need to do or not do and all that stuff. But then it becomes, it becomes about what do you want your life to be about? Yeah, because, <laughs> because that's the point. And that's also something I do with my clients that I would encourage anybody, anybody listening to do as well um, is to really think about why, what's your why for getting your period back? You know, it might seem obvious, especially if you're trying to conceive a child, you know, um, your, your first answer might be, oh yeah, well, it's because I want to get pregnant. Or maybe it's like, because I want to feel whole and I want my body to work well, or I want to um, reduce my risk of having those hormonal imbalances or bone issues later in life. But but that's the first layer of why. So I would encourage you to play this little game where you start with asking yourself the question and answering why, but then digging deeper. Oh yeah, but why is that important to me? And then dig deeper again. And But why is it important to me? Because when you dig really deep and you end up with a why that that feels like you've reached the bottom, right? Like, and you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's my deepest why. It becomes... Um, a driving force rather than a source of frustration. It becomes something that pulls you forward as opposed to keeping you stuck. And it helps you envision that big picture of what you're trying to create and what, you know, where does HA recovery fit into this life that you're trying to create? And because I, I can guarantee you, you know, if your why, your one of your deepest whys is to feel, to feel whole and balanced and joyful and healthy. Like the second question I have for you is, what can you do today to feel that way? Because maybe you don't. It's not that you, you don't have to keep working towards that goal of recovering and achieving your biggest, you know, deepest why, but you might be able to tap into it today. Like, what is one thing you can do today to feel that way? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, hopefully a lot of you guys listening are just thinking a little deeper about your focus, where your focus is at, where you maybe could be pivoting a bit. And hopefully you're feeling a little bit inspired.
that and, and really getting your life back, which is what I like to say. It's not just about getting your period back. It's about getting your life back. So that was really helpful. Thank you so much. I think there's going to be a bunch of people who want to hear more from you and learn more about you. So where can they do that? Yeah, um, I'm mostly active on Instagram at Bloom with Marie, all in one word, Bloom with Marie. Um, my website is bloomwithmarie.com. And, you know, I have a, an ebook um, with, um, it's called The Empowered Eaters Handbook. It's about putting strategies in place to really not hyper-focus on your nutrition anymore. So that could be helpful for anyone um, struggling with HA. Um, I have a couple of books that I'm writing right now, uh, mostly about healing your relationship with food. So I have, um, and I'm also writing a cookbook because I'm obsessed with cooking and baking. So there, there's, I have a lot going on and yeah, you can keep up with me uh, mostly at bloomwithmarie.com um, or on Instagram at bloomwithmarie and schedule a chat with me, like a 30 minute free chat, because I just, I'll help you in any way that I can. Even if we don't end up working together as a client coach relationship, I'll, I'll help you in, in those 30 minutes, you know, and I love learning about the people who, um, the people who are interested in the things that I'm interested in. So the people that I attract, we obviously have stuff in common. And so let's talk. <laughs> Super generous. Thank you. I put links to her website in the show notes, guys. So go check it out. I hope you all have a really good day and feel inspired and go and do something creative and big and deep with your life today. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about TempDrop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions 
make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net. 
with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.